Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. It's seven minutes after uh, after 11. Oh, boy. Brian, this is great. We've got one more day, and then we've got three days off. I know. Yeah, that four-day work week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't going to happen. Uh, I'm going to call an audible. Uh, I was going to go to a, a serious topic, but I'm, I'm going to change directions for this segment of the program. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, Brian and me, is uh, Dale Roberts, and uh, he's got a, a picture up on Facebook. It says, has anyone uh, been in town long enough uh, to remember this uh, Hayes hardware store? Apparently his mother took him in there when he was a little kid. They had a pot-bellied stove. And in, uh, in a little city just outside Cleveland called Chagrin Falls, there's a hardware store that looks like... Um, it's stuck in the 1920s or 30s. It's just very old school, and even the stuff that they have in there is just, it's just, it's a kind of a magical place to go. It's worth a trip just to take a lap through it. Maybe not from Columbia, but certainly from Cleveland to Chagrin. And I'm wondering if there are any stores in Columbia like this that still exist. The, the stores that have been around for a long, long time uh, that, you know, when you walk in, it's like, Kind of like stepping back in time. Maybe not in Columbia, but at least in, in the surrounding areas. Um, I, there's just, you know, that old world charm about some of those older places. It's not all hip slick and cool and modern and electronic and wizardly. It's just pot-bellied stove, worn out hardwood floors, and, you know, one of those places where no matter what you're looking for, they seem to have it. If you know of any place like that, give me a call, 874-9390, 800-529-5572. And I, I frankly think hardware stores are the ones that are most likely to, um, to, to be around that long. Department stores may come and go and other supply stores, but hardware stores are the ones that usually are like that. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Just a, a little bit of a light topic before I get back to the heavy stuff. And uh, let me go to the phones here. Let's see what uh, Steve has to say. Steve is on the line. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. I do remember Hayes Hardware down on Broadway. And uh, uh, you walked in and you scooped your own nails and weighed them by the pound. Um, the thing I remember most, I was about five, could be six years old. Um, my father, I rode with him downtown to Hayes, and he spoke to the guy over the counter. Uh, we had two big elm trees that died in the, our front yard. Uh, I grew up right across from Cosmo Park. Anyway, they left the stumps there, so... The guy at the counter said, meet me out back uh, downstairs. So we did. There was a shed out back. Um, and so we get, we're driving back home. I said, Dad, what'd you get? And he said, dynamite. Oh, I said, really? dynamite? What for? And he said, we're going to blow the stumps out. Now, we were outside the city limits at the time. City limits were at the old airport on, on uh, Business Super, better known as 40. So, uh, yeah, he blew those out. 
<laughs> he got it from the dynamite from the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, My God, when was that? 1930? How long ago was that? No, give me a break. About <laughs> 1960. <laughs> yeah. I think I was five, maybe 59 or 60. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a neat story. All yeah. right, Steve, thank you. Thanks. I'm glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Can you imagine Brian walking into a hardware store now and getting a stick of dynamite <laughs> to blow out a tree I stump? Need a case of dynamite, please. <laughs> Bring me up. I, I got a, I got a lot of tree stumps that now I it's, go. Uh, what's that product now? They're blowing stuff up with tannerite or something. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Can't believe it. All right, let me get Greg on the line and uh, see what uh, Greg remembers. Uh, Greg, welcome. How are you this morning? Doing good, thanks. Um, I'm in Jeff City, and it's not a hardware store, but Payway Feed here in Jeff City has that feel to it. Um, you pull up to the driveway, and, and there's a guy that meets you at the door, and you tell him what you want, and by the time you go back and pay for it, it's already loaded in your car. And they got all kinds of, you know, obviously feed stuff in there, but they sell, uh, like, bird seed and uh, all kinds of pet products and everything. But you can buy uh, grass seed and things by the pound. You know, you don't have to buy a little two-ounce packet of something to walk out the door with it. And just super friendly guys. And I think the son is now doing the, the cashier stuff. The dad's still there. But anyway. How, like you, how, long they, how long have they been around? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Long time. I mean, we moved to Jeff in 78. They were here then. What's the name of the place again? Payway Feed. Payway Feed. Yep. On the... Uh, Jefferson, I think. I should know that. <laughs> All right. That's great. Payway feet. If you want to take a, a lap through that, that's the kind of place I'm talking about. Yep. Greg, thank yep. you. Yep. You're welcome. Glad, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Right. Uh, let's go to Tim and uh, find out what Tim knows. Tim, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Doing great. So I've got three for you. One is the Cranes Country Store in Williamsburg. They got an old, they got a old potbelly stove and some nice little area to um, take a get, a get a nice sandwich and buy some buy some jeans or buy whatever. Look down at the floor in your mind's eye. Look down at the floor. What are you walking on? Oh, it's hardwood floor there. Yeah. Oh man, that's the kind of place. Right, and then CNS Grocery up in uh, Harrisburg. Um, this is still open, I think. Uh, it was the, the, the Price family were at four, and then the two daughters took it over. And that's I used to go there. I used to visit that on the bookmobile, and I'd go over there and get my little sandwich at the counter. And it's a hardwood floor, and they've got everything, a little bit of everything. So, you know, they got hardware stuff. they got your food. they got your deli meats. they got your, your basic groceries you need. So they had to go all the way to the city. And then, of course, um, in Mocaine, the Mocaine Market used to have a cute little market that was still in the old building. I'm not sure how old it is, but... It, it was the same type thing. A little bit in the back, there's like a little bit deli. You can go get some sliced sandwich for lunch, but you can also buy everything else there. It's not a hardware store, but it's definitely just a little small country store. Yeah, they have a lot of so, charm, don't they? They sure do. I love it. It's All right, great. Thanks, Tim. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Let me get one more in here. Steve is on the line next. Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, Calls Hardware Store north of Columbia on I think it's VV. With the old 63, but he still uh, does chainsaw repair, and, and I don't know if he still does leather work, but he used to do leather work, but they've got the hardware there, and he's in his late 70s, maybe early 80s, and yeah, he still heats a shop with wood. 
What, what's the name of this place? Because this is really hitting a nail on the head. What's the name of it? Calls Hardware. Calls Hardware. And it's kind of a mom and pop. Ermin Call is the guy that, and him and his wife own it. But he still goes, he goes up there at night when during the winter time to kind of keep the stove burning before he goes to bed. And, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that sounds really, really neat. And um, I couldn't remember the, as a youngster in Sedalia that the hardware store there had dynamite because the guy worked for on a farm in junior high and high school. It was real rocky ground, and that's how we would set wooden fence posts. He'd put about a quarter of a stick and blow a hole. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll do the job, won't it? Well, All right, Steve. When you're a child, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> why I can't hear now, so, okay. All right, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, those are kind of neat places to visit. You know, and I can walk into a Menards, and I think Menards is great. Uh, Home Depot is, uh, is, uh, is great. Uh, they're, you know, Lowe's, because they do have pretty much everything. But you can go into one of those old-fashioned hardware stores, and somehow the the people know where everything is. You're you never have to wait too long to get help, and and uh, it's just it's kind of a neat trip through time. I I really like those. Last call on this, then I have to move on to serious stuff. Brenda is on the line. Brenda, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, a little distant. If you can get closer okay. to the phone, that would help. There, please do ah. um, uh, Harrisburg's closed. Harrisburg's what? They cl- the grocery store closed. Oh, did it? Okay, so no, nobody should go looking for that. Okay. But there is a, a boutique or something that's they've been doing a lot of remodeling there. So give them a couple months and make a cruise up there. So. Okay, all right. Thank you, Brenda. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, every once in a while, kind of fun to just, uh, you know, find something uh, new and not political. But uh, thanks to Dale Roberts for uh, putting up that photograph of the old hardware store in, in Columbia. Something charming about places like that. All right. Uh, the FBI, well, they think COVID came from Wuhan. The administration, you know, they're not willing to join. The uh, Department of Energy thinks... The COVID came from Wuhan, but the administration's not willing to join. But wait, there's more. We'll share it with you next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Brian has some confusion. I will see if I can clear it up for him. Uh, But first, uh, Chris Ray from the FBI believes that COVID came from the Wuhan lab. The administration is still playing, you know, like, well, there are other places, there are other people that don't believe it. And it, it it makes you wonder why they're so adamantly against what makes perfect sense and appears to be true. Maybe you do have to be a little careful because China is being so opaque and, and not letting anybody see all the details. But I think we've seen enough that we know that they were behind this. There may be a dispute about whether or not they did it on purpose, but they did it one way or the other, either by accident or on purpose. It started in Wuhan, China. It wasn't some wet market. It wasn't some freak of nature where a bat bit a dog bit a son. It's nonsense. This thing was created in a lab. 
But the administration still tries to stay away. And, it's, you know, then you start thinking, gee, uh, how much money did Hunter get from China? Uh, how, what did the, you know, the media were so anxious to jump into the whole Trump-Russia uh, story. But they're so unwilling to look at this story. Uh, you bias, you think, Brian? No, nah, there's just not enough information. Never mind. Uh, but now Biden's defense official rejects medical journals finding that natural immunity is as effective as a vaccination. It, this is the, I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, Gary the Liberal, uh, you know we have the character that we, that we play on the program. Uh, been a buddy of mine since uh, we were in high school. He's actually here. He's actually been in the building while we were broadcasting. And we were talking about COVID. And he got the vaccine. He got the vaccine part two. Boosted part three. And another shot part four. And around Thanksgiving, he got, <laughs> he got COVID. He had all four shots. And he still got COVID. How could that possibly happen? Yeah, when, when it's when it's such an effective tool. Because I heard that COVID was the uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, but he was vaccinated. Ah, that's weird. Lots of people. They've lied to us right from the get-go. I mean, it was... Oh, they would never do that. If you get the vaccine, you won't spread it. When, in fact, getting the vaccine enabled you to spread it. Because of the vaccine, if you want to call it that... Um, you were often asymptomatic, so you'd walk around spreading it and not even know it. And, and there are several studies out there that seem to indicate that if you've had COVID-19, you are less likely to get it again. And if you do, it won't be as severe. Study after study seem to seem to indicate this. But the Biden administration... They're not buying it. They're not seeing natural immunity as, uh, you know, as an effective uh, preventative. They want you to keep getting the shot. I got the shot. I got the booster. I will not get it again. I think the shot is more dangerous, more deadly than risking getting COVID. And Brian did this, had this mentality right from the get-go. When I said I was getting the shot, he said he was not. Uh, he finally did get COVID, but, you know, what your attitude was, Brian, as I recall, is I've got this immune system. It's going to take care of me. And it did. You Yeah, and when I finally did get COVID, I think I probably had a lot more milder version of the original strain of COVID. You know, I didn't put myself in situations where there was a bunch of people around. I, I don't do that anyway. Well, that's because nobody hangs out with you. That's true. Yeah, but I... I did trust my natural immunity, and I think I'm going to be fine. Yeah, you you came through it in flying colors. Um, and this is the normal progression for these things. Uh, deadly though they may start out to be is to get weaker and weaker and weaker because if they kill their host, well, then they're, they die too. But I think this this shot has really kind of screwed up the natural path. But the administration is unwilling to announce that that natural immunity is an advantage. 
Uh, and I think that it is. I think they're way, way out of line. Uh, Zelensky in the news, he says the United States is going to have to send their sons and daughters to die. Um, he warned the United States what will happen if Ukraine loses. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way we're sending our sons and daughters to war because it's NATO that we're talking about and they will be dying. See, this is what I've been telling you. NATO should have disappeared when the Soviet Union collapsed because it was the reason for NATO, Soviet Union. And now we're tied up in this organization that has nothing to do with our own national security. And when we're throwing 45 or $50 billion at saving uh, Ukraine... What? Who else is sending that kind of money? Nobody. The Europeans. I think the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, chunk of money out of Europe was from Great Britain. I think it was at four or five, four or five billion dollars. We're at forty-five or fifty billion dollars. How is it that we are so responsible for a European conflict? We've, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like either country. I hate Russia more. I think Putin is a threat to his neighbors, but it's up to his neighbors to stop him, not us. I hope he fails. I hope he fails, but I don't hope enough that I'm willing to send American dollars, drive up American debt, drive down American uh, military equipment uh, supplies in order to protect Zelensky. And Zelensky's argument, it may sound outrageous, but he's absolutely right. If, if he goes into NATO because of our association with NATO, if he goes into any of the NATO countries, we will be involved in a war with Russia. And at that point, it's up to it's, it's anybody's guess whether China gets in and helps Russia. But if that develops, you've got a new axis of power and you've got a World War III. And that one is going to be really, really ugly. What Zelensky's argument really tells me is that we should pull out of NATO. We should pull out of NATO. I'll tell you what else we should pull out of is the United Nations, because they're as useless as they can be as well. Now, some of you will say, well, Gary, that's, you're being an isolationist. No, I'm not being an isol isolationist. I don't mind having trade with countries. I'm not saying that you close the door like China did uh, for a thousand years and, and, and uh, lock out the rest of the world. No, you have trade. Keep the doors of communication open that way. No one likes to shoot their customer. But that doesn't mean that we have to go fight European wars that don't involve our own national security. And when Zelensky says this is going to end up if he doesn't prevail with Americans going to war, I think he's right. I think he's right. And don't think for a moment that they won't bring back the draft. They will. There's a reason they've made every 18-year-old since 1972 register. Because they know eventually they're going to draft people.
and Americans are not going to want to go. And they'll have to force them. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, it's 1135. It's the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. We were talking about COVID. In fact, I was just talking to a couple of friends of mine. uh, And uh, this natural immunity, I think, is much better than the shot. And I would love to get rid of that spike protein. Rick is on from Hallsville talking about COVID. Rick, good morning. How are you? Great, Gary. Hey, listen, since the uh, Department of Energy announced that they knew it come from a lab, well, there was a researcher, an American researcher from a level four lab speaking the other day, and he said that the Department of Energy has all these sensors around the country to because of chemical plants and factories. They knew this COVID was here in early 2018. And what we finally received, which was the pandemic, was in gain-of-function run number 12. They kept getting it stronger and stronger and stronger. And, of course, this same level four research lab here in America, they had all turned down the National Institute of Health, telling them that the research they wanted done was not only dangerous, but illegal. And so that's when they, the National Institutes of Health, Fauci, went to China for that research. And uh, man, uh, the information that comes out on this, and that's why the Department of Energy is involved, is because of the sensors they have collecting things out of the air around chemical factories and other industrial plants. And so, you know, that explains a lot of that, but, but this was, you know, they, they have it documented, uh, the first detection in 2018 and it kept getting stronger. And he said, this is 12th run of, um, advancing this germ before we got the pandemic. So this well, is serious. I'll have to know, uh, I'll have to do a little more research on uh, on everything you just told me, and I will. I have no reason to, to doubt you, uh, but I will, you know, before I endorse any uh, uh, theory like this, I'll have to do some homework. But it wouldn't surprise me, and that's what terrifies me. When somebody comes up with a story or a theory or uh, uh, one of those tinfoil hat kind of things that I used to just dismiss out of hand, increasingly I'm going, well, it's the U.S. government. Maybe it's true. Well, that's why I was so curious. What's the Department of Energy doing researching disease? They weren't researching it. Their sensors just happened to find it. All right. Rick, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It is it is um, bizarre. That's that's all I can tell you. This this whole thing is bizarre. This whole from the from the get go with COVID has been bizarre. 
Uh, all right, I'm going to move in a little closer to Columbia here because Brian seems a little confused. He wanted to know what this was. He was reading, apparently, the Columbia Missourian. Well, I didn't uh, actually read the story. I didn't have time to click because I'm in the show, but I kind of got confused on uh, a word here, or what, two what, words, actually. What would that be? Roll carts. Roll carts. You, yeah. What are those? Oh, those are... Those are <laughs> Brian... Those are garbage cans with wheels under them. What? Yeah. They actually, they got these big handles on the back and wheels, and you just tip them and roll them around wherever you want to go. You're kidding me. No. You mean, we got to be like one of the first people to have used these uh, new technological devices, right? Uh, No, no, Brian, we're we're a, a... Near as I can tell, about 25 years, 30 years behind. Oh, you mean they've been out there already? For like I thought that years, yeah. city, uh, city of Columbia was progressive, and I thought that, of course, that we would have been first to have such an item. Uh, no, no, you see, oh. the, the problem with roll carts is every once in a while, somebody might not roll their cart up the driveway the same day that the cart is, that it's been emptied, the garbage can's been emptied. Yeah, that would be an eyesore, kind of, and it so would then, blight the uh, whole city. Yeah, so instead, yeah, blight the whole city, so instead, we we probably should try something like, oh, monogram garbage bags. Yeah, that would be a better choice, don't you think? Just oh, yeah. leaving those things out on the edge of your curb and... Yeah, the raccoons and have other you ever animals. driven like have you ever driven down by Jeff City uh, and looked at their houses after garbage day? Yeah, I mean roll carts. Well, the carts I didn't know they were called roll carts. But, you thought they were yeah, just garbage cans? Just yeah, garbage cans. Yeah. But yeah, they just leave them all there. Yeah, that's it's, what I hear. It's like uh, it's like playing froggy with a car <laughs> driving down the road. You know, jumping left, jumping yes. right, trying to avoid them. Uh, actually, that doesn't happen. Uh, rarely does anybody leave their cart out more than one day. Uh, the carts are not exactly ugly. I mean, it's not going to devalue your property if your neighbor left his roll cart out for a day uh, or even two. Um, I think it's a little, a little overplayed. These things sound kind of cool that, I mean, you could actually move like an appliance on, on them and roll it away. Oh, you know, if you, if you have like a really old fashioned heavy microwave oven. Yeah, like that. You balance it on top. Uh huh. You kick the wheels down so that you can roll it and you back up. Right. But I got to caution you. What would the caution flag be? Make sure that the curb that you're walking along doesn't curve behind you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you what happens? Well, what happens is uh, the uh, the the uh, garbage uh, cart, the garbage can hits the uh, the curb. You hit the curb. You fall backwards, and the heavy microwave literally flies off the top oh, and lands yeah. on your chest. Well, that would be a reason not to have roll carts, then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would do that, though, Brian. Nobody in the no, right no. mind would ever do something that stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, especially if they could, like, pay $30 uh, and let the appliance store that sells you the new microwave take the old one away. Yeah, that, that would be a stupid thing to do. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, he's talking about me. Yes, I did do that. Man, oh, man. And that only cost me a couple of hundred bucks in medical bills. So I, I saved 35 And I think uh, our friend Chuck Basie has introduced uh, the Microwave Safety Act to prevent this kind of thing from 
happening in the future to Wouldn't elderly you know individuals. Would do that? Wouldn't the politician <laughs> snap into action and go, uh, <laughs> oh, we had this such a funny day. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> you promoted the fact that Chuck Basie, I, I had told you that, hey, Chuck has got some new uh, legislation that he's going to introduce in the House. And you promoted it. And when we came back, you burned yourself. <laughs> it was yeah. classic. You know, having trusty, trusting you, Brian, yes, has, uh -huh. has led me down that path several times. I know. I'm now to the point where I don't trust you. <laughs> it took it took 15 years, but I'm to, the, I'm to that point now. Oh, boy. A uh, large part of the discussion was creating an education and communications plan uh, informing rev residents about the uh, trash collect collection. How, how, how much uh, education do you need on how to dispose of the garbage in your roll cart? I just, I literally just moved to an area where they have roll carts. Nobody even gave me any instructions. I just knew to put the garbage in the bag and then uh, take the bag uh, out uh, the uh, the roll cart out to the street, and everything performed just fine. All right, to the phones we go. Chris, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know, I'm thinking just because of you, Gary, when those new roll carts show up in Columbia, they're going to have that little sticker on there that says, do not use an appliance-moving device, and have a picture of <laughs> a stick figure with a microwave on his head. You know? <laughs> I, I think they should actually... Yeah, and the by the way, don't can. use the bathtub and don't use on the roof of your house. Yes, I think they should make the garbage can with a little tray on top so yeah. that you can more easily accommodate a microwave. Well, now, there's a money-making <laughs> idea, buddy. I'm telling yeah. you. you. You sell that, you go, hey, you can put your used appliances right up here. Yeah. And they can here, pick them right up. Here's Maybe. the microwave attachment for your garbage <laughs> yeah. can. Only nine ninety nine, and that's not all, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw in one for your recyclables too there you go <laughs> oh lord all right chris thank you glad to have you on the gary nolan show <laughs> oh i'm never gonna live that down am i uh let me go to the phones because mary is there and i want to say hi to mary mary welcome how are you well good morning it's another hallsvillian here but i just wanted to let you know that there are pink roll carts out there. We saw them as we traveled down south. So the city of Hall Columbia should be happy. We can get them in colors. Pink roll carts? Yes, and if you get the right kind with flowers, you couldn't tell from the curbs and the flower gardens. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to help you out. <laughs> Thank you, Marie. Have a great day. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> She wanted to help me. That's like swimming, and she'd throw me an anchor. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, we are up against the clock once again. Quick break. Back to wrap it up. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. All right. We've got some audio that we're going to be able to give you a little taste of. We'll play more of it tomorrow. It's Ted Cruz uh, and the Attorney General. But before we get to that, uh, I just want to remind you that on March 11th, from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, at the Holiday Inn Expo Center, there is going to be the man show. The man show. Everything that guys like, uh, and including women. Uh, well, all right, Brian, we'll, we'll let that go for you. <laughs> um, it's the Como Man Show. And if you're interested in tickets, comomanshow.com. Uh, $20 at the door. 
uh, $50 VIP and $15 online. Now, you may think that $50 VIP seems a little little out of line with a $15 uh, online purchase, but oh wait, you get a whole bunch more uh, as a VIP. Go to comomancho.com to get all the information. It's going to be at the Holiday Inn Expo Center, um, and it is going to be March 11th from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m., and I guarantee you, uh, if you're a guy, you're going to find all kinds of things that you think are great. And if you're a gal, you're going to want to go so you can find out what your guy likes or perhaps even wants. Uh, I mean, they have everything, guy. Um, whether you're interested in uh, the shooting sports or... It, it really, it doesn't matter. It's everything. Mid-America Harley is going to be there. Uh, Graf and Sons are going to be there. Jersey Mike's. Uh, Lawn and Leisure. Um, it, it's it's the place to go. So get your tickets at uh, the Mid uh, Columbia Mid uh, the Man Show. I, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time, Brian. It must. Be, it's just that it's so late in the day. Um, almost noon. I mean, at this point, it's it's time for my senior citizen's power nap. Um, all right, we got just a couple of minutes. We're going to give you a little taste of this. Um, th- th- there is something wrong with the Justice Department under Merrick Garland. There really is. Uh, and uh, this is a little taste of what you're going to hear tomorrow. As you know, as I observed at your confirmation hearing, you had built a long record on the Federal Court of Appeals and a reputation of being relatively nonpartisan. And so I had hopes that your tenure as Attorney General would continue that record. I have to say I'm deeply disappointed in what the last two years have shown. In my judgment, the Department of Justice has been politicized to the greatest extent I've ever seen in this country. And it has done a discredit to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, and to the administration of law in this country. Let me start with a simple question. General Garland, is it a federal crime to protest outside of a judge's home with the intent of influencing that judge as to a pending case? Uh, the answer to that is yes, but I also want to at least respond to your characterization of the department, which sure. I vigorously disagree with. I believe the men and women of the department pursue their work every single day in a nonpartisan and an appropriate General way. General Garland, there are thousands of men and women who do that. And I'll tell you, I hear from prosecutors at the Department of Justice. I hear from agents at the FBI who are angry that it is treated as the enforcement arm for the DNC instead of upholding the law in a fair and even-handed manner. So you are right. There are thousands of men and women that are, that are doing the job, but it is the political leadership that you're responsible for. So you just said, yes, it's a crime to protest at the home of a judge. Same goes for jurors, by the way, with the intent of influencing a case. But in the wake of the leak of the Dobbs decision, when rioters descended at the homes of six Supreme Court justices, night after night after night, you did nothing. The department did nothing. When extremist groups like Ruth Senas and Jane's Revenge openly organized campaigns of harassment at the homes of justices, you sat on your hands. When these same groups posted online information about where the justices worship, 
or their home addresses or where their kids went to school, you again sat on your hands and did nothing. Your failure to act to protect the safety of the justices and their families was an obvious product of political bias. You agree with Roe versus Wade, you disagree with the Dobbs decision, and the Department of Justice under this president was perfectly happy to refuse to enforce the law and allow threats of violence. And as you know, those threats finally materialized with Nicholas Roski, a 26-year-old man from California who traveled across the country, was arrested outside the home of Justice Kavanaugh, armed with a handgun, a knife, and burglary tools. And he said he came there to kill Justice Kavanaugh because he was enraged by the leaked opinion. Now, of course, you're prosecuting that individual for attempted murder. But did you bring even a single case to enforce this law? Or did the Department of Justice decide this law doesn't apply if it's harassing justices for an opinion we don't like? When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residence of every justice. Well, Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an a question. I am Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case? against any of these protesters threatening the judgment justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. You brought even one. Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands and quite the opposite. I sent hey, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. To and let me you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended to the lives of the justices with so the seventy decide? U.S. Marshals. All right, all right, there you go. That's Ted Cruz, uh, really giving it to him. And stuck to the question, didn't let him obfuscate. And the answer was no. They did nothing. You're not supposed to have been able... They were not supposed to be doing that. They weren't supposed to be trying to influence those judges. But they did. And he tried to cover it up. He tried to walk away. Tried to obfuscate. Tried to, well, we sent, uh, we sent U.S. Marshals. Did you prosecute anybody? Well, no. I think that makes the case. Uh, what a great exchange that was. Hey, tomorrow is Think Tank Thursday. Kevin Jackson, Jim Babka, Dave Rowland, MoFirst.org, Ron Calzone, the whole team. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby, honey, I love you.